GateWorld.net exclusive interviews. Michael Adams, please. This is David Reed for GateWorld.net talking with Anubis's first prime himself, Michael Adamthwaite. How you doing, Michael? I'm doing wonderful. Glad to have you with us. Thank you for having me. Um, what was your experience with Stargate before becoming Herak? My experience with Stargate before becoming Herak was limited. I, I will admit I had uh, obviously watched the show. I had sort of been following as a, uh, I would call it more of a part-time fan basis because it was an interesting show. The concept was sound, and I had also obviously seen the movie with Kurt Russell, and I knew it was a really, really solid right. sci-fi kind of uh, derived show, Right. and I really liked it. I didn't, however, know that most of it, if not all of it, was done here in Vancouver, and I'm like, wow. It's right down the road. here, <laughs> and I'm acting. My God. Maybe I should try and put that together somehow. What do you say? So it was kind of funny. Um, you know, I got together, you know, with my agent uh, when I moved here. And, uh, yeah, after a while, I started getting auditions for things, and um, I got an audition for Stargate, and, yeah, that went really, really well. But uh, prior to actually working on the show, it was it was just sort of a part-time fan, almost wishful thinking basis of, man, if I could only get my foot in the door. But uh, that changed for the better, absolutely. So after you went on board, did you kind of, like, get more into it then? Oh, well, you can't not get into it. <laughs> You're wearing stuff that you can't even pronounce. Um, you know, wardrobe and your, your these weapons and, I mean, uh, the, oh, the sets. Oh, David, they are incredible. Mm. Incredible sets. I mean, they're, they're obviously worth more than most people's education. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it, they're significantly accurate. That's the thing I always always find interesting is that, you know, you can actually approach these walls and, and they're textured and they're aged and they're old and the research with all the language and all the art and all the artifacts is so accurate because they've chosen to keep, you know, the theme and the genre of the original film the same, this whole ancient Egypt sort of style of foreign worlds. So they got to be really accurate with all that, but they go to such detail and it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful environment to work in. So you liked the production values put into it? Oh, absolutely. The production value and, and the design of the whole show is, I mean, I mean, you can't go wrong. You can't beat it. Mm. I mean, oh, and, and all the, all the, um, all the special effects, I mean, it's great. All the sequences are just spot on. They're amazing. That's I mean, right. They look wonderful. Mm -hmm. What did they think about your style that won you this role? What do I think about my style that won me the role? I mean, what did, what did the, like the casting directors? Oh, what did they say? Um, well, it's actually a really interesting story. I had never seen Carol Kelsey for an audition before. Um, so uh, we have a pre-screen step that we sort of need to go through. It's kind of like, I don't know you, and you don't know me, so let's not waste film. <laughs> if you're bad, I don't need to tell you. I just don't call you ever again. <laughs> And no one ever has to see a tape, or no one gets embarrassed, and they don't, you know, get on my butt for wasting money, you know. So um, <laughs> it, it's it's a pre-screen, you know. There's no camera. It's usually just you and the casting director. So I went to uh, a pre-screen with Carol Kelsey, and um, <coughs> excuse me if I cough, <coughs> feeling a little under the weather. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. So I went to the the pre-screen, and I did the reading, and she was like, "Yeah, yeah, great, bud. Thanks. Great read. Um, listen, are you available for?" an audition tomorrow and I said absolutely Excellent. when and where and she said bridge studios and she gave me the, uh, the the address and information and everything so I went down there uh prepared and 
it was it was actually kind of you know surreal at first. I was like, okay, I'm walking into a room and this guy is a potentially recurring character and it's a guest star. And I walk in and I'm okay. I'm I'm 20, sure, um, or I'm 19. I don't remember how old I was at the time, but uh, you know. And I walk in and there's these gigantic hulking men, these titans that look like they just woke up from some gigantic cement sleep. And I'm like, my God, this man is six foot seven. He looks like an alien. He's gonna get the part. <laughs> Damn, you know, I'm like, man, where'd they get an eight-foot orangutan? I don't know, but it was just, it was just crazy. So I, I, I really kind of went in, you know, almost doubting at first. And I'm like, no, 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 you can't do that. You'll screw yourself over. You can't do that. Right. So I'm like, okay, just stick to the material. Stick to what you're doing. Right. And I went in and I read the scene, and uh, Martin Wood was, he was like, okay, great, yeah, thanks, excellent, awesome. You know, because I really, I. I, I really focused on bringing a voice to it. Right. You know, yeah. to bring some intensity through something. And I'm like, Michael, just do nothing. Do nothing. Do nothing. Because if you start getting all complicated and weird and creepy like you do, then it's not going to work. Right. So um, I, I did the one scene, and I walked out of the room, and I'm like, okay, I did what I did. and sounded like they liked it. Well, let's see what's what. So I kind of walked away, and I was putting on a cowboy hat and a checkered shirt to go to my next audition. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it was great, yeah. Yeah, everybody loves blue plaid. Um, so I was, I was uh, leaving the audition room, and uh, you know, all these guys were kind of standing in there, you know, like yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, okay, you know, oh, oh, yeah, beach fuzz, yeah, thanks, great. Um, you know, <laughs> so they were all kind of looking at me with total disregard, and I'm walking out. Carol Kelsey comes bolting out of the audition room. Michael, can you come back inside? Of course I can. <laughs> Take the hat off, rip off the checkered shirt, throw it in the chair, I walk back in, all these dudes give me a look like, oh, what did you do? <laughs> and I'm like, hey, man, whatever, guy. See you there, buddy. And I'm like, I just kind of walk in with that look, and it was great. Martin would immediately ask me. The door's not even closed. He's like, do you know the other scenes? Obviously, he was like, if you don't, this is a waste of my time. Right. You know, pretty right. much. So I obviously said yes. Of course I do. Yeah. And he goes, great. This is what I want to do, and he totally just instantly started giving me direction, and I was like, this is no longer an audition, I am working with this director. Right. You know, and it was great because through the first read, I had seen them all going from leaning back to practically elbows on the table. And Damien, the, uh, Kindler, the uh, writer of the episode who obviously created my character, um, he was so great because he, he went from leaning in to sort of cowering in the back of his chair, and I was like, wow. I got a rise out of these people, and now they're really engaging with me. So it was really nice. I felt like I was working with them right off the top. They were super, and I did two more scenes, and then I left the audition room. And I called my agent, and I'm like, yeah, they're going to call real quick. <laughs> so, yeah, I think it was like 18 hours later. You got phone it. Call. Yeah. Wow, excellent. So uh, it, was, it, was, it was an amazing process, and just the whole thing came together so easily. You know, I mean, not without, you know, work and... Well, sure. preparation but uh, yeah it just kind of fell together you know but you were in you you got in there yeah i was in <laughs> i was in for sure harak is fairly anonymous character mm -hmm. shows up in the other guys and he showed yeah. nothing but utter devotion to the goal absolutely what 100%. A, what appealed to you about him personally what did what did you like about that personally yeah he's a soldier he's a warrior he's an animal you know he doesn't do things you know, thinking of, oh, this will get me this, this will get me this, this will get me this. He realizes that that may or may not be a byproduct of his actions. Uh -huh. He hopes 
that his actions take him to, you know, a positive end for his purposes, which is are to follow, you know, the Gould Lords. Right. Right? I mean, I sort of looked at it, and I'm like, this guy is all or nothing. Right. You know? He isn't the guy that goes home and watches I Love Lucy and clips his No, 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 no. Like, like <laughs> you know, like, he's probably standing, working out all the time, you know, doing whatever it is he does, you know? I mean, like, you know, whether it's like, you know, I, 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 I would doubt it's like martial arcadas, but you know what I'm saying, <laughs> you know? Like, basically kicking ass all day, you know? Right. Send eight guys to my room. I'm going to beat the crap out of all of them. You know, like, hey, That's like, right. you know? It's like working at the gym. Yeah, it's kind of like a Yoda concept behind it. Size does not matter. I'm going to kick your butt. Oh, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. I mean, uh, he really, he, he, he really doesn't calculate error very well, hmm. you know. And that really, really creates the beautiful chemistry between O'Neill and Hayi because it's like, you keep screwing me over. I have these plans, and you're always in the way. And <laughs> it's, it's the most antagonizing thing. You know, and uh, I, I remember when we were shooting uh, Full Circle, when I was walking down the stairs uh, into the um, into the catacombs there. Right. And surrender or die was the line. And during the rehearsal, uh, Richard sort of peeks his head around the corner and goes, what? And he sort of yelled it, like, what? Like across, and I stopped dead in my tracks, and I said it again. And Martin was like, yeah, I love that. That works great. And it was really, really, you know, really cool to work with that kind of environment where he, he, he did something just being himself and then you know it just works through the scene and all this stuff came out and it really played well because the more he jokes with me the anger well Herak, the angrier he becomes <laughs> yeah. and it just, it's, it's this you know this this chemistry back and forth of I want to kill you like no one before <laughs> That's you, know, right. you are the thorn in my side and it's just the worst possible situation because yeah every time I screw up you know, every time he screws up, it gets closer and closer to being the end of me. Right. So, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's a really interesting balance, and he's a really, you know, um, he is no, no BS at all. <laughs> and Anubis orders that he can't kill him, and... and uh... I know, and that was so <laughs> difficult to read. I'm like, what? What do you mean? I, oh, oh, ooh. It was really hard for me. I sort of had to deal with that. I was, I was pacing. I'm like, okay. That's all he wants, <laughs> and now he's ordered not to do it. And it's oh, there was there was actually uh, that uh, moment where I just you know it was it was it was really about just being in O'Neill's face. Mm -hmm. And uh, Rick was Rick was really really cool working that way. He was like, oh yeah, I think absolutely, you know. And it's right. just really all about like it's this close, you know, to being the uh, moment of you know absolute fatality. He <laughs> <laughs> got so close, and he has to step away from it. It was a really great moment shooting it. I really felt like, you know, like it, my work had really come to a, a huge, huge new plateau. Yeah, you, it really shows up. Amazing. It really shows up on screen. That whole that whole chemistry. There. I hope to see so. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I have yet to actually peruse the tape as I have not received it, but that's uh, wonderful that you did that. Thank you. It's way. on its way. Not to worry. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. He comes out of there and is like, I assume you know about the part where you don't shoot us. <laughs> yeah, I'm like. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that part. Whatever. Did you prefer scenes on the bridge or on away missions, where you were like doing stuff? Well, out there? um, away missions tend to be more of the, you know, the uh, the architectural, you know, sites like the catacombs and uh, right. and and uh, that sort of thing. But uh, 
away missions as far as shooting goes obviously means you know there's there's either like a great world that you're sort of in this great set or you're outside right which is nice because that offers you know obviously new challenges to work with and uh, you know it brings a new element of you know you don't have to necessarily rely on the set um, you know to sort of create your environment because you're surrounded in it uh -huh. you know you sure. are in your element basically so it's it, it's really nice to just kind of you know, work with that without having to be like, okay, I'm, I'm keeping the trees, I'm holding the dirt, okay, la 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 la, and all this, all this silly, silly, you know, actor, you know, mumbo jumbo. It just doesn't make any sense. I'm like, you're in the woods, go, you know. Like, what's the big deal? But uh, yeah, working outside is always great because those suits can get a little warm in studio. Yeah, it's really, it's really, really hot inside that suit. So they got fans all the time. So that's why we like outside. Unless it's summertime and hot, then it's, it then doesn't it's, matter. <laughs> then it's bad because they got people with like umbrellas trying to keep everyone from falling over. Did you like wearing that that costume, or was it like a pain in the butt? Honestly, there were moments when you know I would I would. <laughs> it's kind of funny because it's totally up like like delusions of grandeur. I know, but um, you know where it's like the most dramatic sit down of ever film history. You know, like I'm sitting down. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> the chin collar would always come right up to my chin, and I, I felt like a turtle. <laughs> I had moments where I'm like, turtle, turtle. I felt really, really stupid. But um, then again, I'm also really glad that they got rid of the bald cap. For, yeah. Um, yeah. Season, uh, season seven. For, Let for the hair shine. <laughs> you know, it was it was really kind of a, an interesting topic. I was like, how how are we explaining the new symbol and the new, and they're like, well, let me tell you a little thing about a sarcophagus. <laughs> you can throw anybody in there and do pretty much whatever you want because you need to reflect the hierarchy in which you work for. That's right. So, you know, it's no problem changing a few things here and there. You know, it's like a salon, really. I'm like, <laughs> okay, and people are going to buy that? They're like, they'll buy it because we tell them to buy it. That's right. <laughs> so, you know, I'm like, hey, yeah, sure, change the symbol, um, you know. But uh, consequently, I actually ended up with my own Jaffa. Because Khonsu's guards were renamed as Heraktifa, which I thought so, was So Herak kind of took over Khonsu's symbol. Absolutely, said, because he was a traitor and he deserved to die. Right, and you struck him down. Bottom so line. That's right. Huh. Traitors die. <laughs> yeah. In all of uh, Stargate history, Herak is probably the most loyal Jaffa to his master in, in the entire series. Do you think there was any part of him that doubted Anubis to be an all-powerful being? Any part of him that doubted, wow, I don't know. I think that he sort of, Anubis as a character, I mean, um, his whole purpose is to exude complete omnipotence and complete 100% power at all times. Mm -hmm. So he really takes control of those situations. When he can crush something, he crushes it. You know, he will float above your planet and he will shoot you out of the sky. <laughs> Anubis is the man. I think there is... No doubt in his mind of his power. Absolutely, Herak can't deny that because he's seen his power. You know, um, you know, he's seen what he controls, the respect and the fear that he, you know, kind of manifests around everything in his path. You know, it's kind of like the dark Midas touch, right? It's uh -huh. not gold. It's just black matter. You know, it's right. death. He's a horrible dude. So uh, it's not the kind of thing I like to question him on. Ever? <laughs> so uh, I think, if anything, it does come down to more of, you know, there's, there's, there's something that sort of agitates his 
patience almost because as much as he is loyal, you know, there's always that, you know, teacher-student sort of like, yes, I'm following your orders, but at the same time, maybe it's time for a change. Right. With this one little thing, maybe we could have another idea instead of just the killing all the time. Right. You know, I mean, it's starting to lose meaning. And I like the killing, so I want to keep it important. <laughs> you know, like, have a change of pace, boss. But, uh, yeah, I think if anything, it would never come down to any kind of altercation because there's no chance. Right. You know, as, as uh, powerful as the Jaffa are, especially First Primes who serve their masters, they're still, you know, not invulnerable. Right. You know, they, they can be taken down. Yeah, Teal said to Silk said to Braytac, you know, you know the truth about these creatures, then why do you still serve? And Braytac says, because there is no choice but to. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's a really strong Absolutely. point. Absolutely. Braytac is, a, is, a, is an amazing character. He's an amazing character for, uh, for this whole purpose, because he, along with Teal'c, really do represent, you know, almost the elder Jaffa first prime who have really seen right. the whole change from the, you know, beginning of their lives, there's been a huge change in history because of all these mortals that are now being thrown into the mix. Right. They know all the change that's happened, so when they talk about it, they know what they're talking about, but uh, obviously, you know, Harak hasn't reached that point because his service hasn't been compromised. Kind of a different breed. He is a different breed. I, I really think he is, you know, you know, obviously beyond a drone. There's definitely intelligence there. There's <laughs> creativity in his art. He takes pride in the art of killing, the art of war, the art of, you know, mastering your enemy. Right. But there definitely isn't a sense of, well, I don't know, maybe we should take a break. <laughs> you know, but I think the frustration that he finds from Anubis definitely probably comes from, well, I'd rather do it this way because it involves more killing. That's the only frustration is that, you know, he has to bide his time or he's not allowed to kill you know, so uh, those were things that sort of came up as frustrating reactions. But obviously, he would never let on, visually anyway, because for all he knows, not only can he see it with his own eyes, but he can read your mind, right? Right. You know, because, you know, he doesn't necessarily know everything about the Guadalupe either. So, yeah, it's, it's an interesting character base to come from because it's, like, so deep. You can take it as far as you want, you know, as an actor, and that's a, that's a really, that's a really rare thing to have that kind of freedom. Well, he must know that either he does his job well or he, or he dies. Because, you know, all the other Jaffa humans are, are the Jaffa Jaffa, not the super soldiers. They're all gone, and, and here comes Herak. And he's like, I know. okay, uh, I'm here. <laughs> I really, I really, I, uh, I don't really know what to expect. Um, because, uh, you know, obviously last, last I was seen in uh, season seven, there was a pretty big explosion um and uh, though granted they have survived before right the other day i was watching an episode on television of stargate and wait a minute apophis survived Damn. <laughs> you know it was one of those things where oh crap he survived again oh yeah he must use those ring things <laughs> great deduction doctor thanks you know so it was really it was really one of those cool episodes where i'm like wow there's the proof people come back all the time you never know he may come back I actually ran into, um, uh, I can't for the life of me remember his name right now, um, the actor who played Apophis. Uh, Peter Williams. Peter. I ran into him last week. Crazy. Do you wish they would have went in more directions with this character, or did he serve his purpose? I think the character at this point, I mean, technically from uh, a story standpoint, I think that 
you know, it could, as an option, be finished mm-hmm. because they've sort of tied up the ends that they laid out, which is, you know, the whole purpose of creating a storyline. You have to, you have to finish what you start, otherwise it kind of doesn't pay off. Nothing works, and then all of a sudden you have this, this bad episode. Right. You know, um, but I definitely think that there's room to grow because the thing that I really that I really would like to see, not only as an actor, but someone who follows the story, who follows these two characters, I think O'Neill and Harak have issues to resolve. You know, like, far be it for me to tell anyone how to write an episode about anything, but I'm, I'm talking about, like, I've had, like, you know, like, like daydreams about, man, wouldn't it be great to have a fight to the death? <laughs> you know, like, you know, like, you know, really, really getting nitty-gritty about we're going to kill each other with our hands and, like, because we're... I hate you, you know? Like, really, <laughs> really in there. But, uh, you know, alas, I'm not a writer. I have uh, no authority with anything like that. But uh, anyone who's out there who'd like to write a script and submit it in that would uh, do well, I think. Well, there was a lot of... There was a lot of chemistry between between you two. and Absolutely. That a lot of conflict. Definitely served to be a a very decent story, if not a, an excellent one. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. And there's still season eight, like I've been saying. So that is that is true. That is true. You never know. Never know. Uh, were you disappointed that uh, he became space debris? Was I upset? Um, at first, I sort of, um, well, to be honest, every time I got a script, I went right to the end to see if I lived. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, I'm a working actor in Vancouver. I have bills, just like everybody else. <laughs> you know, so I'm like, am I dead? Am I dead? Am I, you know, I'm like, am I, I was always sort of, you know, playing the end a little bit in my mind, just because, you know, just for fun. Right. But, um, you know, uh, I obviously did read the whole script every time. But uh, toward <laughs> the end of, uh, I know, I know, I know. Toward the end, I uh, um, looked at the final script, and I, I was reading through it, and sure enough, ba-boom, the explosion rocks the ship, falls back and forth, falls down, cut to explosion. I'm like, <sighs> Didn't actually write Harak die. They never do. They, yeah, I know they never do, and that's the whole beauty of it. <laughs> is that so long as it never says the words in one sentence, Harak dies, he's dead, horrible death, bye-bye, buddy, then I don't ever believe that I'm not going to come back. But, you know, I would really still right now hold that in very high regard because I really do love working on that show. It's a great character. I really enjoy what I do when I come there because I get to apply all the things that I've, you know, amassed over the years of working and just living and having my own experiences, you know, like my drill sergeant voice, I get to use it, you know, (laughs) I get to speak from the diaphragm and, you know, really have that, you know, omnipotent voice. And it's kind of funny in a way, I know, but I think it really supports the character because, you know, it's, he is solid and the voice is solid. So I think it works well. And I would love to come back and play. Absolutely. Has this uh, role affected you in comparison to other things you've done? Absolutely. On a personal level? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Hmm. I, I, I can't stress that enough. Not only has it really shown me the perfect working model of what filmmaking should be, even though te- it's a television show, don't let that fool you. Right. It is the finest crew I have ever worked with. They are family. They are amazing people, and they really do have creative vision, and they really try to go out every single day and make the best show they can. Money aside, egos aside, agendas aside, they go out there to really put a, 
story together and to engage people who watch the show. And I can't, I can't say that I have found that level, that caliber of people in any other show I've worked on. Don't get me wrong. I've worked for some really nice people, and I've had some really great experiences. A lot of people have touched me in various you know, um, creative ways that I have really taken as wonderful memories. But this show, this show tops them all. Absolutely. Yeah, and they're still on the air, and they're still going. So. Oh, yeah, and they're going <laughs> strong, and they're stronger than ever. More people in the world want to know about Stargate, you know, every day. Right. Because, because, you know, not that they're being saturated by it, but people are catching on, and they're talking to people, and they're like, man, do you have any idea what's going on in this show? No. Well, then you better get on board, Jack, because <laughs> you are missing out, man. You are missing out, guy. And, th- and, th- and that's the great part is that, you know what, the fans are die hard. They're, they're all or nothing. And that's the kind of fans that make a show work. That's right. Yeah, that's what put Gate, keeps Gate World on the net too. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, uh, Michael, thanks so much for uh, taking the time to oh, chat. Oh, hey, with no us. problem. It's my pleasure, David. GateWorld.net, your complete guide to Stargate.